Sorry, guys. Hey, James chapter number four. We're in James, and we've been there for a little while. James is good stuff. It's good quality teaching. It's some good practical stuff that uh, that is so, so vitally important. And we're going to just be looking at four verses tonight. It's James chapter number four, verses seven through ten. Again, we're talking about ways to overcome temptation. Boy, it seemed like James talked a lot about temptation. Do you know why he talked a lot about temptation? Because we're tempted a lot. We are tempted a lot. Maybe you would like, well, pastor, I'm not tempted a lot. Well, you're you're tempting right now with that, that lying spirit, okay? We're all tempted, okay? Maybe it's not in what we do, but how many are tempted to say things sometimes that wouldn't go so well? How many in here are ever tempted to give somebody a piece of your mind, okay? If you give people a piece of your mind, make sure it's the renewed mind of Christ, okay? But we're all tempted, okay? We all struggle sometimes. So James is constantly bringing up practical applications to the gospel, okay? You know, it's really not how much of this word you know. It's how much of this word that you're able to apply to your life in an effective way. Okay, I've met folks, Brother Blaze, that they could articulate the word uh, for, 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 for days, and that's good, but they didn't apply it near quite so well, okay? I try to apply what I know, okay? And that's really what's important, because what we believe should affect how we act, okay? So James chapter number four, we're talking about a way to overcome temptation. And again, we're reminded again that temptation is a constant experience for man, Temptation comes and then comes sin. It's worth noting, though, that temptation is not sin, okay? Because the Bible says that Jesus was tempted, and we all know that Jesus didn't sin, right? So Jesus was tempted. The temptation is not sin. For, for guys that maybe struggle with, uh, uh, with lust or something like that, it ain't the first look, Blaze, that gets you into trouble. It's the second look, okay? Unless Miss Karen's next to you and the first look to get you in trouble too, okay? You got that, Brother Barney? The first look to get you in trouble, okay? But, but, but here's the deal. It's, it's, the temptation's not the sin, okay? Ladies, if you struggle, I, I know none of you struggle with gossip or anything like that. You just don't do that anymore. Thank you, Jesus, okay? But, but the temptation is not to tell that juicy story. The tempta- that's not the sin. The sin is when you do it, okay? And uh, so we need to learn how to overcome temptation, and it comes at all of us. Every sin is preceded by temptation. Every sin. Every sin, every error, every mistake is preceded by a temptation. Therefore, if we can figure out how to overcome the temptation, we can eliminate the sin problem. Imagine a world without sin. Wow, that'd be pretty good, huh? We wouldn't have to have a sheriff selection, okay? It'd be really, really cool. Could you imagine how awesome a church would be if... uh, You know what? Let's not worry about the world for a second because... Okay, they acting, expecting them to clean up their act is probably a bit much. But how about a, a church that absolutely has no problems with sin? Well, Blaze, that would make my job really, really easy, wouldn't it? Okay, boy, could you think if we could actually overcome temptation, if we could actually do what we're, if, we're, if we would just act like we're supposed to act, the amount of people we could impact, the amount of lives we could change? So let's talk about how we can deal with temptation. Four things that James says we need to do. Number one, submit to God and resist the devil. Number two, draw near to God and repent. Number three, be disciplined 
and, and very concerned, recognizing how evil sin really is. And then finally, number four, humbling ourselves under the hand of God. Let's pray together, and then let's read the word and just allow the Holy Spirit to touch us tonight. Lord, we just welcome your presence in this place. I just ask right now that you would touch us and you would strengthen us. I'm believing you right now, Lord God, to help us to deal with temptation. Help us to overcome temptation. Give us a game plan that would absolutely work. I just ask right now that you would bless us and touch our teaching. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You know, guys, many of you know that I coach football next door, okay? And we play Morgan City on Friday night, okay? And it would be foolish of us to go into a game without a game plan, okay? What, what a game plan is in sports is we sit down as coaches, we watch our opponent, we understand what we're good at, we see maybe areas they're not so good at, and the game plan is to exploit their weaknesses by using our strengths, Okay, now that works in sports and I hope it works Friday night. So we're victorious at about 930 Friday evening. But here's the deal. Whether we win or lose on Friday, eternity's not at stake. But how we implement a game plan when it comes to temptation is life and death. We need to realize that sin is really a, a bad thing. Sin separates us from God. Sin severs an intimate relationship with the Lord. Sin grieves the Holy Spirit. And all those things are things that we should have nothing to do with as Christians. So let's read what James has to say about overcoming temptation. James chapter number 4, begin with verse number 7. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning, your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. So let's look at these four areas while it begins to storm outside, and I'm glad we're inside. Verse number 7 says, that we're supposed to submit ourselves to God, resist the devil, and what does the word say he would do, Blaze? He'll flee. He'll flee, okay? That's a game plan that'll work. That's a play that'll work. As the offensive coordinator at Berwick High School, my job is to call the plays from upstairs, okay? So as I, I head up to the press box, I'll wave at you and I'll smile, but I'm really focused on what the plays are going to, uh, what I'm going to call, okay? I see the defense and I make a call that I think will work, Blaze, okay? Now, even if the play doesn't work, Cut me a little slack. I was hoping it would work. I had plans that it would work. Well, guys, this is a plan that will work. This verse right here, submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and we have a guarantee solution right here. We have a guarantee answer. He will flee. So let's look at what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to submit to God and resist the devil. The word submit means to put yourself under God under his care, his power, and his strength, to yield to God, to his will, his command, his laws, his word. Surrender ourselves to God for him to strengthen you so that you can do exactly what he says. You see, guys, so many of us as Christians, we struggle right there because we want to call the shots. We want God to be our co-pilot. Guys, 
God's not a co-pilot, okay? God's not a, God's not a wingman. God's not, God's not just the dude hanging with you, okay? Does he have you back? Absolutely, but he better be driving the car, okay? He better be guiding the ship. He needs to be in control. And the first thing we have to do is make up our minds to submit to God. Submit when temptation first starts. You know, sometimes we think we got this. How does that usually turn out? Okay? Every now and then, Dawn, we're like, hey, I got this. I'm Santana. Let me handle this. How does that work out? Okay? We need to learn that at the moment of temptation, when the school calls, well, don't you just love those phone calls? Okay? You know what? There was a time when the school called, me and Miss Chantel would look at each other and say, I don't want to answer it. Okay? Look, guys, I'm not making this up. Hayden Paul Seneca, who's now going to probably be Mr. Burkai one day, had a file this thick at Booty Christian Academy. If I was not a pastor, they would have expelled that kid. Okay? Because he was terrible. Okay? And every time, whenever BCA would come up on this phone, we'd be like, I'm not getting it. And Chantel would pass it. And no, no, no. We'd be fighting. And sooner or later, somebody answered. And we'd hello. You know, and, and, and most of the time it was, we need you to talk to Hayden. We need you to come get Hayden. Believe it or not, one time they suspended him. Now we kind of debate on whether it really was a suspension or not. Chantel says when the school tells you not to bring him back, that's suspension. Okay. <laughs> but, but really, he was really bad. Okay. Now he's come a long, long way, praise God. But, but here's the deal, guys. Uh, we need to submit to God. We need to say, God, I need your help. God, I can't do this in my own strength. And that begins the process of walking into victory. So not only are we supposed to submit to God, but secondly, we're supposed to resist the devil. The word resist means to take a stand, to exert the energy and the effort to oppose and defeat the devil and whatever temptation you're dealing with. To keep your mind and energy focused upon counteracting and conquering the temptation of the devil. Basically, guys, just put up a fight. You know, sometimes we just give in, okay? Sometimes, let, let's talk about mouth offenses, okay? Because we Cajuns have a bunch of them. Okay? You know, sometimes we just want to tell somebody off, don't we? Sometimes we just want to tell somebody how it is. Sometimes we just, we know we're tempted and we're just like, yeah, I'm going to do it anyhow. That's not the will of God. We got to be better than that, guys. We got to resist the devil. Make his job a little challenging, would you? Both of these words are military words. Therefore, they are urgent and they are imperative. They are from our military commander, God himself. When temptation strikes, when there's an attack of the enemy, we are supposed to submit ourselves to God. Yes, sir. Do exactly what your military commander tells you. He has the overall plan and all the armament and firepower at his disposal. His grace and power will defeat the enemy every time. Amen? See, guys, we got to realize that God, God can handle your situations better than you can. God can handle your battles better than you can. God can make a way even when there seems to be no way. Submitting yourself to God and to his word is not a suggestion. It's not a good idea. It's a command. 
Brother Blaze, you, you're, you're a former military, right? Okay? During your military days, you understood what commands were, right? What, how, how is someone, let's say uh, you were, what was your rank? Do you remember? So you are a staff sergeant, okay? So there are people below you, there are people above you, right? Okay, let's talk about when orders came from above, okay? So above a staff sergeant, these were some directives given to Staff Sergeant Smith. How would you respond? Do what they told me to do. But, but what if you had a better idea? Well, that was just my idea. Stay with me. I do what I was ordered to do. So as a staff sergeant, if command said this, no matter what you thought, no matter what your idea was, it was yes, sir, right? That's how they got to be command. Now, there were people below you, right? Okay. And when you gave orders, did you just say, hey, boys, here's what I'd like for you to do. Is that kind of how that went down? No, how did it go? To, by the way, clean it up. You're in church, okay? How did those orders go down back in the day? You just you have to do what you have to do. You give them the order and they have to obey it. Really. Exactly. You see, guys, we as Christians need to understand what the military has known for years and years and years, okay? There is a hierarchy, okay? Now, at the very top of that hierarchy is not a pastor, not a man. It's God, okay? It is Jesus Christ. He's the boss, okay? And when he speaks to us, it's not suggestions. It's not, hey, come on, guys. You really ought to try it my way. He says, these are the, the plans for victory, okay? Brother Blaze understood that because he was in the military. And, and um, uh, if you follow commands, it saves lives. If you do your own thing, it can cost lives, right? The same thing is true spiritually. You try to be rogue. You try to be maverick. You try to do your own thing. And tell me how that works for you. It's not going to work very well. We need to understand that God has some commands. And when he's telling us to submit ourselves to him, to resist the devil, those are commands. Turn away from the temptation. Push it out of your mind. Begin to think about God. Begin to think about his word. Just begin to resist the devil by focusing your mind upon God and his word. That's a recipe for victory. Now note the critical point. We must both surrender to God and resist the devil. Both acts are required. When the, when the devil or temptation confronts us, we can never defeat him and his hordes of evil by standing and fighting alone, by going our own way, by giving in just a little, by refusing to listen to the word of the Lord. We can't even listen to the enemy's tempting offer, not even for a moment. Picturing the temptation moves us along a road that will lead to failure. We need to absolutely resist the devil. Here's a thought. God's instructions about how to overcome temptation work. Even if one has been enslaved by some sin for years, submitting to God, resisting the devil, will cause the devil and the temptation to flee. The temptation will continue to attack. You'll, look, here's the deal. You, you, temptations constantly will come. But once you make good choices, once you say no to that thing, it gets easier to say no to that thing again. 
You know, guys, there were many things that, 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 that once tripped me up, okay? I used to struggle with alcohol uh, drinking. I used to struggle with smokeless tobacco. And these were all long, long ago. When I got saved and I began to say no to those temptations, guess what, Blaze? Those things don't tempt me no more. Okay, you have a similar story. Okay, those things. Once you start implementing the game plan, once you start resisting the the enemy. Look, guys, Pastor Tommy says it all the time. The enemy's playbook is really, really small. Once you start thwarting some of his plays, he doesn't know what to call. Okay, we need to resist the devil. We need to not give in to temptation. We need to submit ourselves to God, recognize that God is for us and not against us. Resist the devil and watch him flee. As believers, we will never be completely without temptation. But as we walk through this life more and more victoriously, triumphing more and more over evil, we'll begin to, we'll begin to be more successful in overcoming temptation. Ephesians chapter number 4 tells us, Be angry, but sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath, neither give place to the devil. Don't even give place to the devil. 1 Peter 5 and 8 says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. Notice it didn't say he is a roaring lion. He's like a roaring lion. See, the only lion is the lion of the tribe of Judah. Okay? There ain't but one lion in this thing. The enemy is a counterfeit. He is not original. He tries to counterfeit the Lord. So he's trying to to scare you with his roar. He's trying to get you to give in. Resist him and let him uh, show him how strong you really can be. Romans 6, Paul encourages us, Neither yield you, your members, as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. This is verse 13, Romans 6 and 13. Neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Ephesians 6 and 13. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Good stuff, huh? As believers, we are to resist the devil. We're absolutely to resist him. Second thing we're supposed to do, verse number eight. Second way to overcome temptation is simple. Draw near to God. Draw near to God. This is the greatest privilege in all the world, to have the glorious privilege to approach and draw near to God, the sovereign majesty of the universe, the creator, the Lord of the universe. Just think about it. You and I as as believers have access to the Lord. You know, um, a, a couple months ago when the boys... Uh, baseball team won the state championship 
they were invited to the state capitol and they were all excited to meet legislators and and uh, although our governor wasn't in they had an opportunity to tour his office and i even have a picture on my phone of hunter sitting behind the governor's desk it's kind of cool okay and and you're always excited when you get to meet somebody famous right you're always excited when you get to meet somebody some somebody with some power and some authority and you should be that's a cool experience guys we have access to the most powerful being in this universe the lord you can instantly be in his presence simply by by going to prayer by simply opening up your word by simply maybe changing the 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 uh, changing your song on iTunes from from whatever you're listening to to worship you can change the atmosphere in just a moment guys we can draw near to god and here's the promise god says when we draw near to him what will he do don he'll draw near to us it's so awesome it is so awesome he won't hold you at arm's length see guys we serve a god who's about relationship okay religion keeps people at arm's length you can only go so far but a relationship with jesus changes everything the bible says submit to god resist the devil and he will flee draw near to god and he will draw near to you man that's good stuff so how do we do it how do we draw near to god by reading the word by reading his bible or if you do not have access to God's word when temptation strikes by reviewing scriptures in your mind that's why it's so important guys remember the context here is in temptation when temptation strikes temptation wants to pull you away from God do the opposite okay go to God go closer to God get in his word when you're tempted memorize scriptures there's scriptures that I have in my mind that I, I can use at times of temptation. Like, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen? I use that all the time. No weapon formed against me should prosper. That's good to know. That's good to know that God is for me and not against me. These are all wonderful scriptures that you can use at times when you're tempted. So that draws you closer to God. You can also draw closer to God by praying by asking God for strength and power, grace and mercy. The prayer should be positive, though, focused upon God and his strength, not upon the temptation. Keep your mind off the temptation and put it upon God, okay? Put it upon God. Draw near to God. Focus upon God and him alone. Get close to God. Draw as near to him as possible. And I promise you guys, the enemy don't want to be near God. <laughs> the enemy don't want nothing to do with God, okay? He remembers how, how that beatdown happened 2,000 years ago at Calvary. He knows what his future is all about. You draw, you draw closer to God, guess what? Nah, the enemy's going to leave you alone, okay? He's going to leave you. He's not going to be as likely to pick you off, okay? Draw near to God. Here's some scriptures that say these same things. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. There has no temptation taken you, but such that is common to man. See, guys, sometimes the enemy wants you to believe that you're the only person dealing with that. You're the only person tempted to spread that gossip. You're the only person tempted to tell somebody off. You're the only person tempted to, to, to do whatever. No, this is all common. 
But here's the scripture. Here's the kicker right here in that scripture. God is faithful. God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above what you are able, but will with the temptation make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Hebrews 2 and 18. For in that he himself suffered being tempted, he is able to secure them that are tempted. Basically, it's saying Jesus, who was tempted and overcame temptation, if he did it, you can do it too. He'll help you. Hebrews 4, 15 and 16, I love this. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like we are, yet without sin. Therefore, let us come boldly to the throne of grace, obtain mercy, and find grace to help in our time of need. When is our time of need? Whenever we're tempted. Whenever we're going through difficult times. Whenever the doctor's report wasn't so good a few months ago. That's when we can go and find grace to help in our time of need. Psalm 73, 28. But it is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord God that I may declare all thy works. Now, it's worth noting that drawing near to God is conditional. There is a person who does not allow, or rather, there is a person who God does not allow to draw near him. Really? There's somebody that God would keep at arm's length? Who is it? The person with unclean, sinful hands and an impure, wavering heart. A person must do two things before he can draw near to God. Number one, the person must clean his hands. Some had unclean, sinful hands, and James pulled no punches. He called them just what they were, sinners. See, if any of us have unclean hands, if we've touched what God forbids us to touch, if we've got unconfessed sin in our life, guys, we're sinners. That's a terrible title to have attached to our names. Nevertheless, Scripture says that a person who touches, a person who touches when God says not to touch is a sinner. The point is this. Our hands must be cleansed of sin before we can approach and draw near to God. God will not respond. He will not draw near a person unless his hands are cleansed of the sin. Isaiah 1 and 16 says, Wash you, make yourself clean, put away the evil of your doings from before your eyes, cease to do evil. 2 Corinthians 7 and 1, Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and the spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of of God. And finally, 2 Timothy 2.21, if a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use and prepared unto every good work. So how do we cleanse ourselves? One of my favorite scriptures, 1 John 1 and 9, if we confess our sins, he's what? Faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Guys, look, sin Sin, sin and God don't mix. It's like oil and water, okay? If you're going to overcome temptation, if you're going to live victorious Christian life, you've got to get the sin out of your life. You've got to get closer to God. Secondly, a person must purify his heart and quit wavering between God and temptation. A person cannot have a divided loyalty between God and the world. You can't ride the fence. God does not allow a divided heart. 
You see, he's either, I heard it said this way, and I wrote this in my notes. He's either Lord of all, or he's not Lord at all. See, guys, we got to make up our mind who we're going to serve. Who are we going to serve? Are we going to do things God's way, or are we going to do things our way? Are we going to do things God's way, or are we going to do things the world's way? We need to make up our mind. But here's the deal. Once you make up your mind to do things God's way, oh, he'll start to bless you. He'll start to encourage you. He'll start to come through on your behalf. But you've got to commit 100% go all in to do things God's way. See, the believer who has the right to draw near to God is the believer who walks in open fellowship and communion with God, who keeps his hands and his heart pure, who walks in prayer without ceasing, confessing and keeping himself pure. This is the believer who God loves and to whom God is always drawing near. This is the kind of believer who will overcome temptation time and time again. Amen? Matthew 5 and 8 tells us, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Luke 16 and 13, No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. 1 Corinthians 10 and 21, You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of the devils. You cannot be partakers at the Lord's table and of the table of devils. James, in chapter number 1, verse number 8, says this very thing. A double-minded man is what? Unstable in all of his ways. The next thing, verse number 9. How can we overcome temptation? Step number 3. By enduring and deeply and mournfully being concerned about how, how serious sin really is. You see, the word for be afflicted means to endure toils. It means to discipline, to voluntarily abstain. The picture is this. When temptation strikes us, it's a serious thing. Okay? It's not something to take lightly. It's not something to joke about. It's not something to just say, oh, I got this. You know, one thing we always talk about in sports is respect your opponent. Okay? You know, guys, I've watched Morgan City on tape. They're not very good. Okay? I've yet to say that to the Berwick Panthers, and I'm not going to say it. Why? Because I want them going into there thinking that Morgan City is the best team they've faced all year. Zach, I'm wanting to think that they got to play the perfect game to beat these boys, okay? Now, if they play the perfect game, we'll beat them by a lot, okay? Because I, I, I recognize that they've got some inadequacies. i got a good friend who just started coaching them boys. They're going to be fine in the future, but he just took over a month ago. He, he, it's a hard, he's got a steep climb ahead of him, okay? But one thing I know in sports is you better respect your opponent, okay? Because who knows, our quarterback could start throwing it to the other team. Our running back could start fumbling it. We could forget how to tackle, and next thing you know, we're in a hole. That's what happens when you don't respect your opponent. Guys, that's the same idea right here in temptation. Respect your opponent. Think about, think about how many lives the enemy has sabotaged. Think about how many lives he's taken. Think about how much havoc he has wreaked on the church. Guys, when temptation comes, take it seriously. Amen? And when you take it seriously, you'll act accordingly. You'll begin to implement God's game plan, and victory will surely come. This is the way to overcome temptation. 
take it seriously. As soon as we are tempted, we must immediately drop what we're doing, the activity, the comfort, the joy, the light. We all eat them, immediately get serious and, 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 and deal with that temptation. It's also worth noting, be extra cautious, extra alert at times when you're tired. I've heard, I've heard it said, when fatigue walks in, faith walks out. You see, guys, the enemy is not going to attack you in an area of strength. He's not going to come right up to you, Blaze, and say, let's get it on. It doesn't work like that. Because Blaze will give him a Holy Ghost haymaker, and it's, he's out for the count. But he's going to come in and try to sneak you. He's going to see when you're really tired, when maybe you and Miss Karen have been fussing. I know you never do, but, but, but maybe when your car has been acting up and, and things aren't going well and people are doing goofy things to your signs and all this crazy stuff and you've got meetings and you're stressed and, and then all of a sudden he'll get somebody to come poke you. Get somebody to come push your buttons, okay? And he wants to see the old blaze come out and play. Guys, be especially alert when you're tired. Be especially alert when, when you're bored. You know, I think of King David, who was a great man of God. One of his greatest failures, the very first words of that chapter says this, at the time of the years when kings go out to war, David stayed home. You see, guys, if you're in the wrong place at the wrong time, you open yourself up to the evil one. Amen? So be cautious at those times. Be also cautious at times when you're discouraged. When things aren't going so well, be cautious. The enemy wants to attack. He wants to be victorious. But here's the deal, guys. If you'll take temptation seriously and you'll apply the plan of God, he's going to have a hard time being successful. And let's wrap things up with verse number 10. How can we overcome temptation? Humble yourselves in the sight of God, and he shall lift you up. The fourth thing we need to do is humble ourselves in the sight of God. You see, God sees us at all times, even when we're tempted. Therefore, when we're tempted, God must not see us continuing to just, oh, it's no big deal. I got this, God. Look, guys, let's start letting him fight on our behalf. Stop saying, Lord, I got this, and say, Lord, I need, I need you for this. God, come help me. God must not see a self-sufficient spirit, a spirit that, that overlooks calling upon him. You see, prayer should be our first response and not our last resort. How many times is that the case? Prayer should be our first response and not our last resort. And God must not find us just just. Um, looking at the temptation and picturing how attractive it is and how enticing it is. No, take it seriously. Realize that there's a hook in that bait. You know? Look, guys, we, we love to fish, okay? If the fish knew there was a hook in that shrimp, he wouldn't eat that shrimp, okay? He, 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 he just doesn't know. He takes the bait. Let's stop taking the bait of Satan. Amen? Let's stop taking the bait. Let's stop falling for his tricks. Let's, um, let's submit ourselves to the Lord. Let's, let's humble ourselves in the sight of God and say, God, I need you. The point is this. When a person is tempted, if he humbles himself in the sight of God, God will lift him up. God will meet his need, will give him whatever he needs, and deliver him from the onslaught of temptation. 
Guys, you know what's the easiest prayer for you, you to remember at times of temptation, at times of challenge? Help. Lord, help. Lord, I really need your help right here. I, wow, Pastor, that sounds way too simple. Try it sometime. Okay? I think sometimes we think that, that if a prayer is not really wordy and, and we don't have any vows and these, and, and if we don't sound like the pastor, God doesn't answer. Guys, look, God sees your heart. Okay? And sometimes the most, the, the, the best thing you can do, Dawn, is just say, God, I need your help. God, I need your help to keep my mouth shut right now. Okay? I'm about to tell somebody how it is. Okay? Sometimes just, Lord, I need you now. Guys, those are prayers that God, that shows a humble spirit. That shows you recognizing, I need God's help. Okay? So sometimes just crying out for help makes all the difference in the world. Here's a thought that, uh, that we have on this point. Only when a man realizes his own ignorance can he ask for guidance from God. Only when a man realizes his own poverty in the things that matter will he pray for the riches of God's grace. Only when a man realizes his weakness in necessary things will he come to draw upon his strength of God. Only when a man realizes that he cannot cope with life by himself will he kneel before the Lord and give his life to him. Only when a man realizes his own sin will he realize his need for a Savior and for the forgiveness of God. See, guys, we need to realize that God's God and we're not. He knows more than we do. Isaiah 55 says his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. You know, if, if, if you ever think you're the smartest person in the room, you're not. Because God's in that room. <laughs> and he's smarter than you, you are. He's smarter than I am. He's smarter than all of us put together. Okay, And we need to recognize that he's for you. He wants to help you, but he won't force himself on you. You know, God could just force his way if he really wanted to. He could just say, Blaze, here's how you're going to do it, okay? But he loves you so much. And he just says, Blaze, I set before you life and death. I set before you a way that, that if you do it my way, it'll work out well. Or, or you can try it your own way. But you choose. And sadly, sometimes we still choose our own way. Sometimes we still choose, Lord, I think I got this. How's that working for you? Okay? We need to realize that doing things God's way always works out. Blessings follow what? Obedience. A couple scriptures before I close. Luke 14 and 11. For whosoever exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humble himself shall be exalted. James 4 and 6. We, we, we talked about it last week. But he gives more grace, wherewith he said, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. I've said it myself. There's been times I thought uh, people were resisting me. It wasn't people. It was God, because I was walking in pride. But God gives grace to the humble. There's reason enough for us to humble ourselves. 1 Peter 5 and 5, Likewise, you younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another. Be clothed with humility, for God resisteth the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Psalm 138 and 6, Though the Lord be high, yet hath he respect unto the lowly, but the proud he knows afar off. 
Let me reread the text, guys, because this was some rich, rich teaching on the key to overcoming temptation. James reminds us, submit yourselves to God. Resist the devil and he will flee. Draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning, your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. 